Hi, one of the Good Nights Podcast with Sorry Ghost. We're going to ask him some questions today. I'm going to start. So what inspired you guys to start the band, and what does the band name mean? Um. Okay, what inspired us to start? Let's see. Um. Well, Matthew and I, we, we knew each other back in high school, but um, we sat next to each other freshman year of college um, in an American history class. Shout out to Dr. Frost. Dr. Frost. Um, love Dr. And, Frost. Yeah, we, yeah, we love him. And basically um, the original inspiration was I just wanted to start like a fast, loud skate punk band and just kind of like just be really angry and be 18. And then um, I, we, I enlisted your help. Yeah. And I had been also listening heavily to a uh, particular band from, from New Orleans called Pairs. That's like a uh, hardcore pop punk sort of mashup band. They're, they're, they're really great. And I had really gotten into sort of heavier music. I mean, we both mostly listened to like your classic like pop punk and emo like standards like Taking Back Sunday and Blink-182. We both sort of just gotten into this sort of like more like skate punk, hardcore punk type sound. And we're like, we want to do this. This sounds fun. And then we're like, oh, it's so hard to build an audience. <laughs> so like harsh, you have to really, really like be, be super good. And we're like, we're going to just take the easy route and write pop punk instead mm-hmm. and, and uh, reap all the benefits. All right. Um, and then I just joined because I wanted to hit things with sticks to... <laughs> school so yeah right yeah. mm-hmm. at, at actually volunteering at yes. the special olympics uh, yes we love volunteering <laughs> yeah. um and so and we were doing yeah. that um and Just came across each other yeah and then recruited tyler and then the name comes from originally the name was sorry s-a-r-i kind of like the the indian garb yeah. mm-hmm. but that was um that was problematic in many ways and none of us are indians none so of us are indians kind of out of left field yeah, yeah um so we we also realized like if you google searched it nothing would show up so we kind of like dresses yeah it was like come buy a, a dress so um we one day um we we're like let's change it to sorry something because we wanted the pun of like we're sorry and then we um we originally were just going to be we, we stole it from ghost right the yeah so it sort of ended up as being uh we're like we just like the sound of, of sorry ghost and our name also doubles as an apology to the the swedish metal band ghost for failing to live up to to their their greatness right so okay. like we want to be like them but we can't so we think the least we can do is apologize directly to them so sorry ghost yeah that's it. <laughs> you guys can't make swedish metal that's not going to happen yeah, it's just, I mean, look, we've tried, and it just, we're just not Swedish, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, that's part of right. it. So, right. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So, uh, congrats on your newest release, The Morning After. How do you feel about the response to it so far? Uh, much Miles. better than we, <laughs> yeah. we expected. Yeah. No, we thought we were done. Yeah, we... Oh. <laughs> We really were. We were kind of done as a band, and we we had this whole album recorded, and it just had been kind of sitting for months and months. And like we were all off, like just doing other things. And then pretty much we just got back together and like we got to put out this album. But we thought it would be sort of just like a final release thing. And then we put it out, and it did like way better than um, we expected. And it got um, a good bit of press, and you know people that were interested in it. And so um, we were pleasantly surprised by the response. And then we were like, well, guess we're going to do this now. Because uh, we, I mean, we all enjoy it. We all love it. It was just kind of like 
I don't know. I think we were just sort of done at that yeah. point before. Yeah. Like yeah, it very much cool. felt like album was going to be like our swan song. We're like, here's, here's what we've done. Like this is our, our entire, cause we, I mean, we've been a band since what, like 2015. And then we've been a band with Tyler since like 2018. 18, yeah. So we're like, all right, this is like the culmination of like Dan and I's like five years of work and Tyler's like two, two years of, of work that really like can't be overstated how much that two years made a difference to the end product. <laughs> But we're like, this will just be like the last thing for like, we do have people who do care about our music and we want to be able to put out this thing, but then that'll just sort of be the first and the last thing that we, we sort of ever do. And then we were so pleasantly surprised by right. the, the reaction of being like so overwhelmingly positive. We're like, well, we all like this. We just thought no one else did. So, <laughs> so like, I guess, yeah. we're off. So uh, we're, we're, we're happy to get back to the grind. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think we all kind of had like this, like we're latching onto this hope. Like it was, it was back there. And they're like, oh, this will never happen. And then it did. And we're all like, wait a second. Yeah, that like, wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 We never anticipated success. So right. we're like, now we're trying to backtrack and be like, what, what do you do when things go the way you want them to, but not the way you expected them to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was looking Congrats. at your stats. I was like, wait, what the fuck? I was not <laughs> expecting that. So that's really cool. Congrats, guys. <laughs> um so can you tell me a little bit about your writing process and how it's changed since those first years as a band yeah um so most of the stuff is uh all like basically i'll write sort of the skeleton of the song just on an acoustic guitar um and that's kind of always been and then i will sort of bring this like 75 percent finished idea of a structure to Matt and Tyler and then um, they'll kind of pick it apart and say you know we should add a riff here or Tyler obviously since he plays drums will be like this is how we should work in the beats or cer certain rhythms here um, and we kind of build off of that but uh, Tyler you've been bringing us into uh, the 21st century here recently yeah. Yeah. it's what I do best now huh? yeah I'm from the future actually yeah. Yeah. oh my god that's, oh, bro, crazy. that's crazy what's the future like <laughs> And I mean, I know it's yeah. Hernandez, but, but it's not yeah, really. no, yeah. I just I've listened, been listening to a lot of contemporary stuff, and just like been inspired by it. And I kind of wanted to bring that influence into our stuff, and trying to convince them. Yeah. To... Well, it's like Daniel and I almost exclusively listen to like the same singular album from 1999 over and over. Uh, <laughs> All right. To really come to terms with the idea that like music is not written the same way as it was when like Enema of the State came out. Uh, that like. There's, there's ways to do it now, like where you can use like technology Whoa. and like actually have a really like hands-on songwriting process where it's not just like, you know, we're a band, so we write songs live. So I was like, no, we, we can track everything into the computer and demo it with like literally like limitless possibilities of like move this part here, chop this part, shorten this part. And it's, it's taken like Stone Age, Daniel and I a, a little minute to like warm up to, but it's, it's, this new batch of songs that we're kind of working on right now, it's hugely helpful to be able to pick them apart like piece at a time on a yeah. computer rather than having to like play the same parts over and over until you hate the song. And yeah. lyrics wow. are always last too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At the end, just um, I'll throw over some lyrics. I, I'm always amazed when people write lyrics first and then fit it into music they've written. I don't know how people do that, but it's not not what we do here. All right. <laughs> lyrics are an afterthought. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> All right. they just don't matter. So. <laughs> no, <be> <laughs> so where was your headspace while writing the morning after 
Mm, it was it was a lot of places. Yeah. Um, it's also over such a long time. Like yeah. that album yeah. was written from like early 2018 up until like even even some of the songs were even earlier. But like when we were writing it, it very much wasn't written like we're writing an album. It was like we're writing songs, and then they sort of all came together as as an album. But a lot yeah. of that's, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, my headspace was really like Matt said. So I mean, kind of encompassing our senior year of college. So sort of this idea of like growing up and, you know, figuring out where you sort of fit into the world outside of kind of the bubble of college and, and education and everything. And so it was a mixture of that. It was a mixture of just sort of, um, of course, breakups are always a- uh, Common occurrence in dance life. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, all of the women that just never called me back. Um, and <laughs> then and then just kind of personal stuff, family, um, you know, things like that. And just growing as a person through all of that. Yeah. Right, but the whole process is kind of cathartic. I feel like for yes. each and every one of us. Yeah, in a yeah way. definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. We, we try to keep it optimistic at the yeah. end always, yeah. I think. Yeah. One yeah, we've been described as optimistic emo because I, I, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of sort of just like sad, sad all the time. I, I try to kind of remind myself and hopefully remind others to keep uh, an optimistic sense. Yeah. And one thing that I think is like very apparent in Dan's lyrics is even though, even if songs are sort of about the feelings towards a person or towards a situation, I think Dan does a really good job of there's never blame in the lyrics. It's all just introspective. Like this is how I'm feeling about this thing and growing from it rather than saying this is so-and-so's fault or this is because of this person. It's always this sort of desire to be, to find growth from it rather than to just wallow in the negative emotions. And I think that's what keeps, I think that's something that a lot of people find unique in our music that they sort of latch onto is like, oh, I don't come out of the song like hating the person that it's about. I come out understanding where both of you are coming from and knowing that you're both human making making decisions and sometimes mistakes along the way. Yeah. Yeah, okay. wow. yeah very well put. Have a deep meaning. Yeah, they don't matter. Deep meaning though. Uh, so can you tell me uh, why you guys chose the name for the album the morning after? Because uh, all the other ones were terrible. Every other name. <laughs> <laughs> <was terrible. laughs> We had so many names yeah. in the works. Yeah. Um, they were, well, and it was actually originally the album was going to be two EPs because we were like, we're going to keep going. So what our plan was to release an EP worth of songs as singles and then packages as an EP and then release four more songs as singles and then packages as another EP. And then we kind of like reached the point where we're like looking to wind down from it. Um, so we're like, let's just do it all as one album and we can just kind of like put it out there. And we had so many titles floating around that matched some of them. Like, like um, Plan B was a title for a while, yeah. but it was just going to be like a, the first EP. Yeah, exactly. Great. Mm. I can tell by your face that you think that's a great title, Glory. <laughs> uh, uh, and we, we had just like, at one point, we were going to call it Breakfast of Champions. Oh, yeah. The All Star Special. All Star Special. All-Star because special. Special. Oh, we love that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, special. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll write it down to keep that one. We'll, we'll use that again. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah I like that one. We, we liked it, but we were like, does this sound too much like this is like a baseball themed album, uh, <laughs> like all-star special and like mm -hmm. this track, you know, like, like uh, Grand Slam, yeah. uh, home run, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. baseball band. But, uh, yeah, so no, I think Morning After, it sort of at first was like tongue in cheek because it's just like, it's, it's breakfast on the cover. 
but I feel like Dan, I feel like you managed to ascribe like an actual legitimate meaning to it. Yeah, the I would say the meaning behind it too is that like it's sort of broad enough that the morning after can encompass a million different emotions and whether that's optimism or um, regret or kind of hopefulness, um, just, you know, or joy, all of these things sort of fall under. And I, I, that's, that's the meaning I like to give to it is that everyone can qu- kind of pick what their morning after is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's really okay. cool. No matter, no matter how good or bad a day is, there's always the next day. Like right. yeah. if you make it to the next morning, you can you can handle it and there's there's always whether it's a great day or a horrible day there's always another day after it yeah, yeah. wow all okay. right there's that optimism again <laughs> yeah you love, love to it. see it yeah love, love to, to hear it so uh what band or artist influence do you think you can hear on the record um, well definitely um from me uh, saves the day I love Saves the Day um, and a lot of Taking Back Sunday too. Um, Those were big for me. I was listening to a lot of them when I was writing and I always listened to a lot of them. But but yeah, so I'd say that for me, you guys. I feel like my drumming was so rooted in like my origins and like metal. I grew up playing a lot of heavy stuff. So I listened to Slipknot from pretty much when I was until... Uh Yeah, until now, yeah. still presently listening to him. So, you know, there's a couple little like things in there that uh, I do on the drums that definitely are derived from that. And then I think just some more the more modern stuff. Like I've been listening to the this band called Slaves. I don't know if you've heard of them. We interviewed Yo. them. Yeah, we spoke to them actually. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Super cool. Yeah, I got to the chance to meet them too after a show in the House of Blues. So cool. I mean, they're so they're so good. I love the way they write music. So I feel like that kind of contemporary vibe is what I tried to add. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Wonderful. Like, yeah, we all definitely have our own influences, but like, I think a lot of the root influence for us comes from some of the same bands like Green Day and Blink-182, and we try not to lean too hard into those because like, we already all three sort of like grew up with those kinds of bands. And if we all just like lean into that, we're just gonna like write a Green Day song or like- like, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I think we all try to pull from a little bit more out there influences. Like somebody that I was like heavily inspired by when I was learning guitar is uh, John Frusciante of the Red Chili Peppers. Mm. And he's still my, my favorite guitarist. And like, I know he's a, he's a popular choice for like a, a favorite, but a lot of his sort of like rhythmic, like almost percussive style playing as opposed to just like playing straight chords informs some of the more like rhythmically interesting parts. Like in a, one of our songs, Nosedive, the verse very much has a, a rhythm to it rather than just like on just strumming along chords. It has a feeling to it that kind of keeps a groove going. And I think that that's something that you don't hear as much in like, like pop punk music so trying to keep that sort of different influence in there is important for us okay all right uh so you said this record took like two years to put together what song took the longest to write from start to finish morning glory well, morning glory saw the most iterations like i think we, we must have written that song like five or six times oh wow it's yeah <laughs> you said oh wow yeah oh yeah no uh that one it almost like by the end of it, it was almost like two different songs that we sort of mashed together because we had like so yeah. many different versions. And like at one point the chorus was in like three, four and it just like, we couldn't quite figure out how to make it work. Um, but we sort of like just kept coming back to that one. 
like, yeah. in terms of like which one maybe it's either that one or or nosedive actually yeah, which is funny because that one ended up being the most popular song on the record <laughs> so and it's worth it yeah and that one just like it was it was really picked apart every single part i remember yeah. going over to tyler's apartment and <laughs> he would play on a keyboard like this is what i want i what he thought the melody should be and kind of look at each and every part so that one took several months to string together um before you find it in it's like final iteration yeah so Mm -hmm. that one for sure i feel like our songs either take like 10 minutes to write and we're like this is the song or they take months and months there's never like this song took a couple weeks yeah Yeah. all right all right solid so how did you guys choose the opener and closer for the album did you write them to be that way or did you just kind of shuffle it around and they fell into that spot um, I wrote, so five minute drive, the closer, I, I did kind of intentionally when I was writing it, I was kind of, this feels like something like kind of a wrap up song. Um, yeah. and I like, this will either be at the end of an EP or the end of an album. And so that one was pretty intentionally done. Um, and it's the longest song. And it was like, no, one's going to want to listen to a four and a half minute song in the middle of the album. So just stick it at the end. We can um, trick them to listen to all the way through the album. Right. They'll mm-hmm. th- um, and then bumper cars, n- more so that one, um, we wrote it and we, that's like the opening staple of all of our live shows. And we'd been doing that for a couple of years. And when it came time to sort of pick the album order, we just sort of were like, this one is just the opener. It's always yeah. what we've done for mm-hmm. live at least. Right. And that's the song I think that's all probably the most success I'd say beforehand. Like we released it as a single first yeah. right. and the music video, you know. I got a bunch of views that yeah super cool to see and yeah we just wanted to open it up with energy so yeah yeah that was really the big thing is that that song starts all like right out of the gate with with this energy that really carries it through the rest of the song that we think sets up the tone for the whole album like it's not a super heavy song it's not very long it's not really sad like it 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 sets the tone for the feeling that we want you to kind of have for the whole album of this like this conflict but it's again it has this optimism to it that we think really just like sets the stage for the 10 tracks that follow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Wow. Sick. Um, so from your discography as a whole, when shows were a thing, what were your top three songs <laughs> to perform live off from your discography? New Hampshire for me, out of the gate. Oh, that was just so fun to play on drums. Like, yeah, I just like, I just like, it reminds me of when I was 13 practicing Slipknot. Like, you just kind of just hit stuff and then yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. makes noise. <laughs> um, and then for me, my favorite live. Um, ooh, I might do bumper cars just because I. So oh, did I take yours yeah, now? You gotta take a, a different one. Uh, um, bumper cars just because it's like now it, it was just it was always such a fun opener and it really kind of got the crowd going and we would usually do this thing where we would. Matt and I would stand out on the sides and Tyler would start drumming and then we would like run on in playing yeah playing the riff um and it was yeah it was always just a really great opener for live there's 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 no better song live than the first one no matter what song that it is (laughs) Uh, because that's the one that frankly like will make or break the whole show like if you can sell people on that first song you're gonna have a good show like they're already on board like nobody wants you to fail but if your first song just doesn't go as you'd like it to you spend the re- you have no momentum you spend the rest of the show trying to convince the audience to be back on your side and i feel like bumper cars was just a hit every every time the energy is there it doesn't drag it gets right to the point 
it, it's so easy to build that that interest. Uh, but um, you can't take mine. So no, I, but, I, but I can't insist that I thought of it first. Um, <laughs> another one that I actually really like is a similar one is uh, Triangles. Oh, that, yeah. Frankly, is uh, of the album is the oldest song in the album. I mean, it's so old, it's actually on our first EP, like a, wow. a different of Triangles. Right, uh, right. From like 2016. And yeah. that one is one that like, frankly, we've gotten, particularly Daniel and I, we've been playing that song for so long where it's like, I have to use about like 1% of my brain to play that song. So I have so much energy to engage with the crowd and to yeah. walk around the stage and to like go over to Dan or like go over to Tyler and like mess around with the drums or like, you know, jump off of the like the drum stage and everything. Like there's so much that you can do with the song that you know, like forwards and back that like triangles is always fun to play because it's like, oh, I can kind of turn my brain off and just really perform the song rather than having to play the song. If that yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. If yeah. you ever put it up though, I'll say condescending because it's the first time that like you can hear the audience like sing back. Yeah, that's so that nice. was that was probably the coolest oh, thing I've ever experienced in my life. Like, like, like playing to a imagine, song yeah, and like having people, the audience yeah. know the words and yeah. sing it back to you. It just yeah. man, something about that makes me feel like a rock star and I'm never letting it go. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Wonderful. Uh, so how did you guys get signed to dark humor management? How did that happen? Uh, is there a is there a fun story behind it? Um, pretty much so tate our manager he's he's our golden boy greatest um, yeah Love tate. yeah um he's, he's great right yeah. he he pretty much like keeps us together as like a functioning band um <laughs> but we pretty much so we'd we'd wanted management for the longest time and we were always like you know, we'd always heard management will find you. You don't find management. I was like, I don't believe it. So I'd send out like <laughs> yeah. emails, all yeah. these emails. Yeah. The like no one would respond or they'd be like, not interested. Um, and so it's like, oh man. And um, we pretty much just like, it is one of those things. Like, I feel like the second you stop thinking about it, it happens. And, yeah. and we were just, we were doing our thing. We were working hard. Tyler had a fantastic idea where he was like, hey, why don't, why don't you just go ahead and record like a 15 second Twitter cover of Don't Overdose and Drive? Um, which Taste, is, yeah. Right, yeah. And, um, and that's obviously Happy's like lead single. And um, so we, I just did a little acoustic cover and then Happy retweeted it. Um, and then about a week later, and so we've only been working with Tate now for like three months, Yeah. but about a week later in May, he, we opened up our email inbox and he was like, management interest and basically sent this really nice email it was like i've been watching you guys for a while and i'm just really impressed and um i would like to hop on the phone and kind of figure something out so yeah we we did that and it's funny in the three months since i just feel like we've we've accomplished just so much mm -hmm. yeah so much. yeah oh that's Crazy. for you guys yeah, yeah. thank so you cool. yeah yeah i know it's it's been like in the same way that the growth like once Tyler joined the band to the album was was far more than pre Tyler. The growth from from Tate to now has been like exponential. Just having someone being able to say like, this is a good idea. This is not a good idea. You should do this. Let me reach out to this person that I know. It's just like it streamlines so much of the like not like actively detrimental decisions that we make, but like just ones that are just like a waste of time. Like having somebody who's like, I'm I've been there this doesn't work or i've been there this does work it just like makes yeah. all the difference in the world yeah yeah hmm. so where do you guys see the band in the next five years i mean i would love in five years to be 
definitely doing this full time. And um, I would, we've always kind of said like, because Tate asked us this too. Um, and I think originally we were like, in five years, it'd be so cool to be selling out like 200 cap venues. And he was like, I want you to think even higher, even yeah, beyond bigger. That. Yeah. And honestly, in five years, I would love to be kind of at the point where we are touring full time. We are hopefully kind of selling out 2000 cap venues and um, just really. I don't know, just, I mean, for us, it's always been about just trying to reach as many people yeah. as we can and just making those connections with, with more and more people. Cause that's really, that's the best part about right. all of this is just sort of that, that person to person connection. So mm -hmm. yeah. And, and hopefully then being able to live off of that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for the last couple questions, we're actually going to shift away from music and go straight to death row. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? With a drink. With oh, a drink. Don't forget the drink. It's very, very important. Don't forget the diet, Dr. Kell. <laughs> um, I want a Krabby Patty. No, you yeah. mentioned it. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let me think. That is a great question. The I love drink, so too. Much. The drink yeah, is that's, the tricky part. Mm -hmm. one's ever had a drink. Right, right. Um, okay, mine. Oh, okay. I think I would know. Mine would be like. Uh, just a homemade bowl of um, like delicious potato gnocchi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just right, like made by some Italian grandmother, especially for me as I, you know, ascend into or descend into the afterlife. Um, <laughs> and, uh, laterally yeah. In the afterlife. <laughs> and yeah, just like that with with just a simple kind of tomato sauce and some Parmesan. Um, sprinkled on top and then like some basil um mm -hmm. and for my drink i would do big old tall glass of milk. i do love milk so that's the <laughs> right thing is like i just i love yeah that's the face <laughs> you should make yeah, yeah. because dan okay. drinks a lot of milk a day He's but a this this would be like straight from just like the most fertile cow and she just like has the best milk you're making it somehow less appealing <laughs> yeah <I'm trying> <laughs> you're describing it in such a different way wow um, so mm -hmm. that that would be mine is a good um like fertile glass of milk there's fertile glass of milk fertile yeah. Yeah. Mm. okay <laughs> i feel like i can't i can't top that now. you can't yeah, yeah you can't it's impossible <laughs> yeah milky and fertility in his answer like, exactly like, what what else do you want yeah i mean just i want daniel's meal but then I don't know. We can share it. No, we you can't, can't share take it. it. You guys just You're right. taking my right. idea. You know what? Don't my, take his fertile I, milk. I, exactly. Hold on. Have you guys ever had the pleasure of experiencing Wagyu beef or like the, the Kobe oh, beef? Yeah. I, I work with it at work, but I haven't eaten it. Unbelievable. Oh, man. I've been treated to it once and I still think about that today. I drink about <laughs> it every night. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. So maybe, maybe I would go with that. But then the drink. I, I really like pineapple juice, but I feel like that's a weird combination, but I'm sticking with it. That's well, I mean, yeah. gnocchi and milk is also a... <laughs> so I think pineapple juice and beef is fun. Yeah, as as pineapple juice is, like, nice and virile. Like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, see, I feel like I've got to almost, like, almost go, like, the, the simple route of, like, for me, nothing beats just, like, a really good burger and fries. Mm -hmm. and, like, I would honestly go, like... I don't know from where, like I just recently discovered In-N-Out and they're pretty great, but like 
there's the, I don't know. There's the, the, just I'll accept the perfect burger from wherever, nice crisp fries, and then a Neapolitan milkshake. Oh. Solid. Yeah. Just one in. I just want in and out. Exactly. Just in and out. Yeah. All right. Slightly <laughs> more like maybe a wagyu beef in and out burger. Yeah. In and out. Yeah. That's yeah. an interesting. <laughs> thinking about it i kind of i kind of want just matt to cook me my last meal because i've recently found out he's probably the best chef that i know yeah oh, and now yeah so little, little tidbit of a mess so I, I just let him choose my last meal i'll, I'll make you a, a nice chicken tikka masala right before they oh, strap man. you into the chair that was about right. <laughs> right before they strap yeah. you in the chair uh so if you could but live yeah, no putting that one on that last a little bit <laughs> you're frying it on the electric chair for him uh, bro so if you could live right. in one fiction world for a week where would you live? Pokemon. Ah, uh, uh, right. All right. Okay. Give me a minute. Okay. You can have Pokemon. You no, I, I've never played Pokemon. I just like the idea of, like, my world would just be one where I can communicate with animals. Like, pick a world where that's a thing, and Pokemon seems to be like the uh, Digimon. 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 <laughs> I get knockoff Pokemon. Yeah. Harry Potter would be super. Yeah, it's actually all right. Yo, um, what would your house be in Harry Potter? Uh, I took the quiz and I, I got Gryffindor, but okay, uh, that's, that's fair, that's fair. it was really close. Really close. Okay, okay. God, I don't know my fictional world. Um, I try to stay rooted in reality. You know? So SpongeBob. <laughs> oh, Sponge. That's a really good one. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's Bikini Bottom and Bikini mm-hmm. Bottom. Sure. It's pretty close to reality. So. Daniel's, Daniel's yeah, perfect. it's very close. With uh, with just fresh milk on tap. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wherever I can get fresh fertile milk <laughs> on tap. Yeah. Um. Oh man, that's so good. Like I like portal. Harry Potter's a good one. Actually, a portal would be cool. Um, I feel like we already said Digimon. Did you? Oh yeah, Digimon's been taken. Um. I feel like what's a what's a universe that has talking animals that isn't BoJack Horseman? Because that's, I just want to, I've always said, like, this is not your question, but to answer a different question, like, if I could have <laughs> any superpower, it would just be to communicate with animals. So I just want to create a world in which I can, I can do that. So that's okay. my answer is a different answer to a different question. What about Marvel? Good. Would I be okay. a superhero or would I just be. exist in the Marvel? Like, would I just know Tony Stark or would I, I be like Tom Holland knockoff Spider-Man? That's fair. That's fair. That's a great question. <laughs> um, so I have the honor of asking the last question, and every single person we have spoken to has said it's the most important question. Oh What's goodness. your favorite color? I feel like there's so many layers here. I don't know. Yeah, yeah do you mean like to wear, to look at, to think mm-hmm. about? Um, I've got to go yellow. Taste. Let's go. Wear. Yeah. Yellow is the best color, but my skin tone is like already. Like has like a yellowy undertone, so when I wear yellow, that has jaundice. Yeah. No, I'm on dialysis right now. It's <laughs> off screen. You can't see it. But um, but no, yellow just does not. It's not a flattering color on me. It looks like I'm wearing a jumpsuit of my own skin. Um, <laughs> oh. But the best color. Okay. okay. It is. Oh, I'm so torn. If you say blue, I'm leaving this interview. I wanted to. I wanted <laughs> I, to. I knew it. But I'm not going to. <laughs> And I also want to say black, but I also no black is valid. Black is valid. black, black is black is valid, but I just feel like that's just like a, a, a my like a, it's a cop out answer. I like red. Red's cool. Taste, yeah. All right, Daniel, um, you got some good ones left. I I really like 
kind of like like a blue green is that okay like like a sea foam. i go so hard for sea foam yeah <laughs> oh. sea foam. Sea foam slap and then yeah you love to see it all right. uh so as glory said that's all the questions we have today is there anything you'd like to plug um TV. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we're supposed to be on a TV show that is airing in CBS and gonna be on Amazon Prime in October. In October, this fall. Oh so Sounds of the Underground. Yes, yeah, so keep an eye out so for cool. that. Yeah. It's a live performance. Yeah. Live performance and an interview in the first season, which we aren't on, so like why would you bother watching it? But the first <laughs> you should you should Wait. check it out. I don't want to disturb the show. But you have to wait for the second season for us. Okay. The first season is already on Amazon Prime, so you should definitely check it out and like sort of see the kind of vibe they're putting out. And then the second season, like, we're that's so fucking cool! Um, oh my god. And we'd like to plug that we did just release a music video for our uh, single, our lead single off of the album Nosedive, that uh, was entirely like outsourced from from fans. Uh, so every clip in the song is submitted to us by like a, a real band that listens to our music, and it really I think showcases like the amount of like talent and creativity that we have, and our fan base of like all these people came together with like their own artwork and just themselves, and really like everybody I can tell like put a piece of themselves into this video. So we're we're super proud of it. So check out the No Side video. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, and yeah, it's not a plug, but. Um, I really, this is a really cool podcast. I like good noise. So yeah. thank you so Thanks much. Your questions were incredible. It was yeah. so entertaining. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you for coming on. Uh, this has been Sorry Ghost and We're the Good Noise Podcast.